0: what God is doing. My heart is so full. I told these guys down here, okay, so I'm not sure if it's because I'm 55 and I'm hormonal this week. I really don't know what's going on. But since the very moment that we started, the, I, my heart is so full, it's just like it's coming out my, in tears. Does that make sense? And I'm just like, and I'm an ugly crier, you know, <laughs> You know, and everyone's looking at me like, it's going to be okay. But I, it's because my heart is so full and because I've already heard so many things in the presence of God that have stirred and changed my heart. I mean, starting with what Brianna said, I can be healed no matter what my circumstance is, no matter how far away I am when the water stirred because the water comes to me. Isn't that cool? I can feel it. Okay, you guys are going to have to be patient with me. And Teresa, that my circumstances, including those I have no control over, including those that I have no control over, don't disqualify me. And even I can birth something that's life-changing. Even I, even you can birth something that's life-changing. And when Kim said... And, and this really stirred my heart, too. Sometimes, don't you just feel formless and void? You just feel like you're a hot mess. You're not together in any way. You just feel like you're all over the place, formless, like, what am I? Who am I? What's going on, God? This is so ugly. And he says, that isn't true at all. He said, you were created with great skill. He spoke through her directly to us today. You know that was the voice of God speaking to each one of us. You were created with skill, great skill and purpose, and with precision. You are you. Be you, like Brianna was saying this afternoon. Be you. Because nobody can do you like you can do you. (laughs) I loved when she said that. It's just so true. And then Nikki just now, watch him. Just watch him. He's going to do it. All you got to do is just sit back and watch, and he is going to do everything that he said he was going to do, and he's going to do it amazingly through you, and the, the whole idea of a purpose conference just really thrilled my heart. I mean, I remember when I first saw, saw the logo, and Brianna was sharing, you know, hey, Lisa, I'd like for you to be a part of this, and I got so stirred up in my spirit, so excited about it, because I, like everyone else want to make sure that i fulfill my purpose in god but as i began to study and 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 ask god not just studying but just saying god what exactly does that mean what, what does it mean to fulfill my purpose because like who was it that said it? it's just such a broad term it's so big teresa i think said you know oh my gosh you could talk about that for days what your purpose is your purpose your purpose and, you know, it just makes me want to go to sleep. Do you guys do that when you get a little overwhelmed, I just want to take a nap? That's how I felt. You know, it's like, God, the more you showed me, the more I was just like, wow, there's just so much depth to that. But, you know, God wants to break it down. That's what I do. I'm. My name is Lisa, and most of you in this room know me. And I, um, in a previous life, uh, worked in an insurance company, and then I became a principal for a private school. And then uh, so teaching has been my background in a a lot of ways and then in around 1996 Pastor Joyce asked me to come and um, be a part of an amazing thing that was getting ready to start here Um, they were going to start a daycare and then pretty much I think that's all she thought it was going to be you know we have an idea what we want and then God has a different plan and she walks in the office one day and she says I think God just said he wanted me to go further than daycare and to start a kindergarten. I think he did. And, and she's thinking, did I really hear him right? So, you know, the school started, and and there's just so many amazing things that happened here at Zion Christian Academy, and I got to be an amazing part of that from the, from the inception, and I feel so privileged. And it was such a purposeful part of my life. I can look back at that now and see what God was doing. And then um, God used someone in here to say a, just a very simple word to me they said have you ever thought about getting into real estate no i have never thought of that and it's like it was like a direct word from god but i didn't understand why what you know so that's what i do i'm a realtor after working here at the church for almost 20 years in 2016 there was a shift anybody ever been through a shift before it was a good shift an amazing shift amazing things happening but but things changed in my life and what i thought would probably always be my purpose i thought that's how it would look it looked different all of a sudden it looked different and what the coolest thing about it was that if you know me at all and most of you do that would be that's a was a what i thought would be a really difficult thing for me because you know, I just thought that's what I was going to do, and da-da-da-da, da 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 And it was like God just carried me through that transition. And, you know, only God can do that. When your personality, when your temperament is opposite of what God's trying to do, and everyone knows it, <laughs> they're kind of worried about you a little bit. Is she going to be okay? <laughs> Am I telling the truth, you guys that know me? Okay. And and they watch God transition you, and they absolutely know that it was God that did it and that you were able... They're like, good for you. Good for you, because I wasn't sure if you were going to be okay through that. But I'm just saying, I was okay. I was better than okay. I was like rejoicing. Does that make sense? And so it was like, God, I get why you want me to be a part of this conference, because there's some people that what they thought was going to be their purpose what they thought was their identity what they thought was their gift takes a major shift and you kind of don't know what to do with yourself i feel like god is saying that today there's some of you sitting here that your identity what you thought was your identity it really wasn't your identity it was the gift that God was using in you, but what you thought was your identity came to a close. It could be that a that a relationship crumbled. You just you thought in your trajectory that you were going to be married and you were going to have your kids, and then this was going to happen, and then this was going to happen, and this was going to happen, and now what I thought was my purpose, being an amazing mother, an amazing wife, and then we're going to start a ministry in another town or whatever, whatever those thoughts were, it shifts, it changes. And then you feel lost and are not sure if you're still where you're supposed to be. But I took a step back from that and I'm like, God, okay, what just happened in my life? What just happened? And so this is where I want to, I want to go today. I want to, I want to talk about, um, first of all, why is it important that you find your purpose? And, We're going to break down that word purpose a little bit. And then secondly, once we understand how important it is, which by now we should because God has over and over reiterated that idea, but I feel like he has more to say about it. You know, when God keeps repeating a topic, it's because he's not finished with it yet. It's not because nobody has anything else to say, because So many times when you get up in the pulpit, you have an idea of a way that you're going to go, and then he just takes it a different way. So clearly, he is not finished with that topic yet. Some of us still need a little bit more convincing, a little bit more uh, reinforcement. So we're going to talk about why it's important you find your purpose. Then we're going to talk about how do you find your purpose. And then we're going to talk about some practical ways to walk out your purpose some practical ways because sometimes I just need someone to to help me with that part because I feel like I'm all over the place. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the, just the overflow that is in this room right this minute. Father, when we can, when we can stand in your presence, Lord, we know that we're changed forever. And God, I'm just so grateful that we don't have to Work something up or stir something up. Father, that there's just such a beautiful presence of your spirit in an overflow capacity today. And Father, we're just soaking it in. We're so grateful for it. And we ask, Father, humbly that you would give us the words. Give me the words to speak, Father. Take me in the path and the direction that you want me to go, that lives would be changed, just like Teresa said, that freedom would come as a result, that it's not do this, do this, do this from a legalistic standpoint, but from a God, thank you for giving me direction kind of a standpoint. And we'll never cease to give you all the praise and the honor and the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm a talker. You just need to be forewarned. So someone's going to have to stop me probably at some point. So Miss Brianna, that's your job, okay? She's ready for it. Not the first time she's had to do that. But let me just, so I'm going to try to synopsize things uh, the best that Lisa knows how to do that. So talking about why it's important to find your purpose in 10 minutes might be a little challenging. But I'm going to see if I, you know, by the power of the Holy Spirit, just kind of just bring it straight to where it needs to be. Okay. First of all, we have an obligation to God to fulfill our purpose now you don't have to believe me in Ephesians 2 10 here's what it says for we are God's masterpiece he has created us anew in Jesus Christ so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago clearly there are things for us to do yes and sister Kim even said that you know that God preordained what was going to be done even before we got here so there are things for us to do. The Message Bible says it this way, and of course you can, you'll know why I love the message. It says, he creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work that he does. The good work that he has gotten ready for us to do, work that we had better be doing. That's what it says in the Message Bible. I'm like, yeah, okay. And then Romans 12 in the New International Version, and I'm just deeming little snippets here. They're not slacking. I just told them I was just going to give little pieces of scripture. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor in serving the Lord. You know, there's a service. There's He created us as a masterpiece, but it's because there were things that he needed for us to be able to do. And that's one of the things that the enemy is always trying to do is get you to think that what you have to offer is irrelevant. And I'm here to tell you, and every one of these ladies has been here to tell you, that what you do is so important that it might not get done the original way God wanted it done, if you don't step up. And you understand I'm not saying that to put pressure on you. I'm not trying to be legalistic about it. I'm just saying there's a reason for it. We're going to get to that in a minute. Number two, you have an obligation to yourself. I meet so many people, and I'm sure you do too, who are trying to be happy. They just keep saying, I'm just, I'm just trying to be happy. I'm trying to be happy. And you may be that person sitting here today. You may be like, I hear what all of you all are saying, but I'm really not happy. I don't, I don't feel contentment. And I hear what you're saying, but it's like I'm standing on the outside and I'm hearing it, but I can't get my arms around it. I can't embrace it. And, and you're searching. You're, you're searching. You have a void. You do have a void. You're not void, but you feel you have a void in your life. And I just want to say this, if you want to have real contentment, real joy, and you want that void to be full, if you want to have lasting value, if you want your life to be remembered for something, and that doesn't have to be something that, like we look at other people's lives and we go, wow, they have left such a legacy. Isn't that amazing, God, what you did in their life? But you know what? You, you have a legacy to leave that's just as important as any legacy that anybody else does. It just might be more well-known from that person. And when it's your time to go, and all of us are going to go, right, at some point, we want to stand before our maker and him say, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with what I put in your hand. Now, that's a lot of pressure if you, if you try to think of yourself accomplishing those things. That's where we get freaked out about that sentence that I just said, well done, good and faithful servant. It's like, I am so far from being good and faithful that I don't want to go to heaven until something changes in my life. Please, God, don't let me go prematurely because I feel like I am the furthest away from being good and faithful today than I could ever be. You know what I'm saying? It's just being real. You know, like Brianna said, she was just so, like, like Pastor Kim said, it was just so um, refreshing, so sweet to be able to be real with people. And, you know, you can feel real we can we can spot it a mile away especially us women kind of like what teresa was saying us women we can we can pick up on those kind of things for sure and number 3 well let me let me before i get to number 3 let me just say this listen to what jesus said in john 4 when he was on the earth attempting to accomplish the will of god right that's what he was here for he had a purpose he, god sent him here for a purpose this is Jesus saying this in John four thirty four. He says, the food that keeps me going is that I do the will of the one who sent me, finishing the work that he started. And this is my favorite one in the New Living Translation. Then Jesus explained this. My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and finishing his work. Nourishment. Nourishment is not eating food. He didn't pick that word by coincidence. He picked the word nourishment because here's what it means. Food or other substances that are necessary for growth, health, and overall good condition. Why do you need to find your purpose? Why do you need to do the things that God needs you to do? Because that's where you are going to find your well-being. That's where you're going to find your physical health. Dare I say that? Is it possible that sometimes that we are sick in our body and, and uncomfortable in our skin because we're, he's allowing us to feel an unsettledness by sheer virtue of not completing the things that he wants us to complete, that, that we're missing something and we, we know we're missing something, but we're not quite sure what it is? That's how important it is. Now, who tries to keep you from fulfilling your purpose? You know, right? The devil doesn't want you to fulfill your purpose. He doesn't want the things of God to be accomplished, and he especially doesn't want you to do it, and he especially doesn't want God to get the glory for what was being done through you, right? So, what does he do? What's his job? His job is to keep you from even thinking that it's even necessary. You know, let's just live and let live. Yeah, I know you're in ministry, and I know that you're a teacher, and I know that you do this, but... You know, that's just not for me. It might be for you. We're really quick to shut down something that God's trying to introduce into our life because it just really scares us. There's really a fear there. And that word nourishment, I'm just saying, I just kept saying, God, nourish me. but. But he kept saying, I will as you continue to do as I ask you to do. Nourish me, Father. I will. I have everything that you need. But some of it's in the form of things I need you to do. Because we were created. The title of my message is Be, Do, Have. Now, I work for a company called Keller Williams Realty. And I've been a realtor since 1998, so I've been doing this a long time. And whenever God spoke to me about um, shifting companies, because that's not who I've always worked for. I started with them in 2007. Um, it's like he was aligning my purpose with where I was supposed to be. Now I can say that now. Do you think I knew that then? OK, they were a brand new company. Nobody around here had ever even heard of that company. You know we have big name companies here and so everyone was like y'all Yo, you work for Cobalt Banker and you work for Jim Huff and I have worked for both those people and they were amazing companies to work for I'm not criticizing them at all but when God said I want you to go to Keller Williams and you're gonna be the first and only agent that they have in Northern Kentucky that was weird there was weirdness there for me and and the thing about it was it was weird for them too because they had one agent and then two and then three you know it was it was odd But the more, the longer I was there, the more I realized, God, you had a plan in bringing me here. There is no doubt in my mind. And here's why because be, do, have comes from a Keller Williams philosophy, which is if you'll be who you need to be, then you will be able to do everything you need to do and to have everything and have the life worth living. That's their motto be, do, have. And I thought, God, that perfectly lines up with your word. And my company, it's God first, family second, business third. We talk about it all the time. And in real estate, I don't know if any of you guys are realtors, but it's like a lot of other businesses, that thing can easily get turned upside down. And they're always reminding us, turn it back where it needs to be, because it's all going to be okay. It's all going to work out. They understand that if you'll keep it in the right order, which is just like hearing a message at church, if you'll keep things in the right order, if you'll keep your eyes focused on him, he said, seek me first, and and my kingdom and everything else is going to be okay. It's going to be added unto you. Doesn't mean it'll always be easy, but it's always going to be added to you. So we have an obligation to find out what it is exactly that God wants us to do. And we have an obligation to other people, because like we said before, you may be the only person who can speak a word that changes the trajectory of somebody's life, because you're the only person who can be that honest or that direct with somebody, or you're the only person who can be the type of a sensitive person that could speak to that person the way they need to be spoken to. How many of you know we're we're all different? And different things minister to all of us. And that's why God led Brianna to, to create this conference the way that he did. Because he knew that what you could receive from Teresa or from Brianna or from Kim or from myself or from Pastor Joyce was, was going to be all different. That, you know, you may not even be hearing what I'm saying. And that's okay. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? Because that part may not be exactly for you. But I believe your spirit is going to pick up whatever it is that you need to do because you can't stand in God's presence and not be, not leave changed. It's just always going to happen. And even people who say, well, I didn't get nothing out of that. That's not true. I believe your spirit man picked up what you needed. And people that are stubborn, I just speak that over them. I'm just like, well, God, their spirit's going to pick up what they need to pick up because you're a spirit being first. And then you're your stubborn self. <laughs> so you really can't win in that situation. You may think that you can. But you can't really win in that situation. So we have an obligation to others. And here's the thing. Isn't it great when we make good decisions and you realize, oh, thank you, Jesus, I made that decision. I did it right. One out of 47. I'm going to tell everybody that I did this one right. And how hard it is when you make bad decisions. And you just think, I am incapable of making a good decision. Clearly, God. Because 47 times I've made the wrong one, and one time I made the right one. So clearly, that's not my strong suit. But, you know, that just isn't true. And, and here's the thing, though. And, and Pastor Joyce, I'll never, ever, ever forget this. And, and it's been shared so many times in this church. And if you've been here any length of time, you know. But her husband, Chester, would say that not making a decision at all is worse than making a bad decision. And that has rung true in my life so many times because we get fooled into thinking that there is a place called neutral. doesn't exist. You are either moving forward or... You are moving backward. There is no neutral. So the enemy spends most of his time trying to convince you that you don't want to make a wrong decision. Look at your track record. So just don't make a decision. Just say, I'll pray about it. Sounds spiritual. How many times have you said, I'll pray about it? And you had no intention of praying about it because you already knew what the answer was. It just sounded really good. Is it the truth? So what is it about making a wrong decision that keeps us from making any decision at all? It's the fear of making the wrong decision. Because you know that fear is the number one thing that the enemy uses against us. Number one No, I, I'm, I'm not lying. Well, maybe it's not been quite a year. Maybe I did just lie. I didn't mean to. It's been since, you know, in January, we kind of stopped drinking soft drinks. And is this what, made? It feels like a year. So, so I'm suckling on this. <laughs> But fear of not making a good decision is a lot of times what keeps us from making a decision at all. And God has something to say about that. Making a decision. He says through John, a direct word to the church at Sardis, I'd rather you be hot or cold. But that in-between stuff, that limbo stuff, it makes me vomit. Pretty strong words. But do you know the enemy always wants to keep us in that middle, wishy-washy, one foot in, one foot out. If it's a good day, longer in than out. He want, That's exactly where he wants us to be. And he wants to demean us and to make us feel like we don't have the right to produce or to birth anything amazing, that we don't have the right to speak in somebody else's life because we're formless and void ourselves. What right do we have to help anybody else? But here's the thing. It's not you that is doing the thing that he's asking you to do. Thank you, Jesus. It's not you. It's him. It's his life inside of you that is speaking life out of you into something that, maybe is dying that needs to have that touch of life to come back. It's, it's that important. And it could just be one simple, tiny word. And it might be the only thing that you, that you ever feel like you do. It's probably not, but I'm just saying it. You might feel like it's the only thing you ever did. But it makes such a difference in that person's life. And I know we talk about that all the time, like just one kind word to somebody could make a difference. Listen, we need to not be um, so flippant with that comment because it's the truth. How you cheat somebody in a certain moment could turn them. Why do you think bullying is so effective? There are people that kill themselves over being bullied. It's just words, right? That's what we it's just words. No, words have power. They have life in them. And so we know the negative things do, but but and we're really careful not to say the negative. But how proactive are we to make sure we say in due season the word that God says I want you to go and tell that person that? It can make all the difference. It could be your purpose for that day. It could be your very purpose for the getting up that day. It could be what God lined up from way back before you were even born for that moment in time whenever you spoke that word to that person and, and they were, new hope was, a, was risen in them. When they were able to say, you know what, God, I am going to serve you. I don't have to worry about somebody else's, you know, what somebody else's opinion is of me, like the message that Teresa gave this morning. It could be, you know, it touched my heart. I'm telling you, I was sobbing, trying not to do the ugly cry, but my spirit man was just hearing every single word because I love Teresa, but Teresa was the vessel that God used and God was speaking directly to me. Lisa, you, yes, I'm talking to you. You can birth something. You can birth something, something brand new, something that has life, that can minister life to other people, whether it's a teaching or a prayer or whatever it is. And the enemy's always trying to get us to think that just don't make it, a, don't, just don't do it because it might not be the right thing to do. You might offend them. It's probably going to be a wrong decision. How many times have you second-guessed what God dropped in your spirit? Raise your hand if you've ever second-guessed something that you know that you know that you know that God dropped in your spirit. Yeah. I have done it more times than I wish to admit. And afterward, God says, I needed you to say that. He's so gracious. I needed you to say it. And I know that I know that I know that he, you know, that I should have said it. I should have done it. I should have hugged him. I should have taken him that gift. I should have made that phone call instead of sending the emoji. (laughs) Guilty. Are any of you guys my real estate clients Currently. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Teresa is. Okay. (laughs) Sometimes I send an emoji instead of making a phone call. It's easier. (laughs) Smiley face. And I'm really not trying to be insincere, but I'm just like, I don't know what to say. It's hard sometimes. You know, and then and then think about serious situations when somebody goes through a a life altering event and everything in you screams, I don't have any idea what to say to that person. But guess what? Doesn't matter. Because God knows what to say to them or how to look at them through your eyes. How to touch them? You don't have to say anything at all. If God's doing it, they get the message. And have you ever heard people say, "Just knowing you were there meant so much to me"? That's not just something people say, especially when you go through a, a really a life-altering event. It's not something you just say, you, you really, it's one of those things where you're just like, it was amazing to me how much it meant to me that there were people that loved me enough just to come and stand in the service. It means something. Because when you came to that place, you brought the presence of God with you. Right? You brought him with you. And all the change and the comfort and the things that need to happen in that person in that moment in their life who better than to help them through that than the presence of the Holy Spirit? Because He is our comforter, right? So you brought all the comfort you needed to bring just by coming and being there, just by saying, I'll go, instead of saying, I don't know what to say, God. It's just so oh, so hard. It's, have, I mean, we've all done that. We've all avoided situations and circumstances that God was going to use us for a purpose in that moment, and we bailed. When God said to the man laying by the pool, "Do you want to be healed?" He said, well, this and this and this and this. He didn't just say yes. And sometimes when we're ministering to somebody else, we receive our healing. Sometimes when there's an outflow of his presence from our life, it, it's like it reciprocates. It's, it, that's the cool thing about God. It's a win-win with God. He's, uh, if, he, if he asks you to do something, it's as much for you as it is for the person or the environment or whatever it is that's happening. It's as much for that situation as well. And we need to recognize that. So, are you going to make wrong decisions? Absolutely. But in Psalms 37, 23, it says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly and he delights in every." detail of their lives and then he says this though they stumble shouldn't surprise us when it happens he's like it's gonna happen but here's the good news my hand is right there to catch you when you're getting ready to go down and all you have to do is just hold on just hold on it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay So, that's why it's important to know what your purpose is. So how do you find your purpose? Make finding God's will your number one priority. Okay, so this is the third time that's been said today. Make figuring out what God's will is number one. Number one. You're like, great, okay, well, find the will of God, that's easy. Sure, I'll get right on that. Well, if I knew what the will of God was, I wouldn't have trouble making the decision. What are you saying? Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that the same thing that Kim said, the same thing Teresa said, that as your relationship with him stays constant, you stay connected, you are going to know what the will of God is. Because it says in his word that his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. But if you're not even on the path, nothing is going to be illuminated. Everything in your life is going to be dark. You're going to feel void. It's going to be ugly. It's going to feel ugly. Even psychologists know this. Listen to this. I'm just going to read this real quick because that's probably my clue. Are you all my clue? <laughs> okay, there's a psychologist. Oh, gosh, let me see if I can find it. I, I, I thought this was so profound because even psychologists know the impact of, of being all over the place, being wishy-washy. It literally affects, it affects every part of your life. And um, I want to read it to you really bad. So here, let me see if I can find it. Okay, famous psychologist and philosopher William James said, there is no more miserable human being than one in whom nothing is habitual except their indecision. No more miserable human being. This is someone who counsels people, that people go, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know, I just am, I just... You know what I mean? I just don't even feel like I serve a purpose. I don't feel like I have anything to give. You, do you know the kind of people I'm talking about? I've been that people sometimes because I'm undecided. Listen, the decision is just to stay connected, like what Teresa and what Kim said. Just stay connected. When you stay connected, he will tell you the next thing to do. But here's the clincher the way that God illuminates is kind of like i've seen it in a movie before like like where when you take that first step the first little square lights up but the rest of them don't light up way ahead of you so you can see what's going to happen down there you have to step on the next square and you're in the light for that square and then you step on the next square and you're in the light for that square but oh. ah <laughs> thank you jesus but I didn't fall flat on my face. Thank you, Father. But I think, I think we need to understand that it's just one step at a time. You know, a few minutes ago, right before the service, I was asking somebody how they were doing. They said, you know what, I'm just taking it one step at a time. I thought that goes so much with what God's saying. Just take it one step at a time. And let me tell you this. Quit trying to hang on. And continue to operate as though you're still in the same season you were in before. Because your purpose in this season really could be different. You know, my phone, if any of you have been around me and you hear my phone, it says, you know, life is a journey, not a destination. There are no mistakes, just chances you're given. You know, lay down your regrets. You know, just continue on the journey because the journey is the process is what God's taken you through. There is not a purpose destination. It evolves. What's your purpose when you have a newborn baby? Take care of that baby. What are your what's your job description? It's to be a nurturer, to be their full-time transportation, to be their financial advisor, counselor, banker right? Tons of things that you have to do when you're a parent, right? So when you're in that season, encourager, personal shopper, nurse, landlord, role model, nurturer, primary caregiver, you're all those things. But you know what? That season ends for most of those things on that list. When your child becomes an adult, you're no longer supposed to be their personal caregiver. Now, what's so cute about that, I don't have children, so (laughs) you guys are like, you just don't know. (laughs) I get that, but it's not me talking, it's God, so whatever. Don't disqualify me. Because here's what he's saying. Some of you are still taking your time and making your priority doing the tasks of your previous purpose in a new season, you're still the full-time transportation for your adult child, so you can't make it to church. But here's the good news. The good news is, once you're a parent, you're always a parent, right? You never stop being a parent. Just the season changes, and there are some parts of being that parent that are going to continue beyond the season that you're in. They're called, in my, this is the way I like to look at them, they're called evergreen moments, because when you're a parent, you never stop being a role model, right? You're not supposed to. You never, you never have to stop being an encourager when you're a parent. But stop being their personal caregiver. You know what it does when, you're, when you are doing things they should be doing for themselves? You are disabling them. You're taking away their ability to grow in that area. And so the very thing you spent that whole season of your life doing, you undo it at the end. I've watched it happen in people's lives. The best parents I've ever seen in my entire life, and it's not anybody in this room. I'm just saying I have seen it. People that were so dedicated to, and purposeful, I'm going to be the best parent. I'm going to do this the way God wants me to do it. And they do it all the way up until the point where God says, now, let it go. And it feels impossible. But you're not gonna be able to embrace your purpose for the next season if you're still holding on to the old stuff, because that stuff ain't gonna work in the new season. And you know what? Can I say this in love? Just, I know it hurts. I know it's difficult to let go of something that you felt like was your season. I understand what I'm talking about. And some of you do too. But if you will let it go, the freedom that you will feel and the new energized purpose that you'll receive, and you'll be like, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to, I don't know. Just step on the first block and light it up and look around. I'm going to end with this story. I promise. I'm going to end with this story. There's a story about a woman at a crossroad, and she kept picking up a stick, and she proclaimed, I'm going to throw this stick at this crossroad, And wherever it lands, that's the path that I'm going to take to move forward. Wherever the stick lands. So she picked it up and threw it. And it landed. And she walked towards the stick. And she picked up the stick. And then she took steps backwards. Started over. She threw the stick again. Wherever the stick lands, that's the way I'm going to go. God, I just want your will to be done in my life. So wherever the stick lands, that's the way I'm going to go. So she threw the stick, and it landed, and she started moving towards the stick, and she picked it up, and guess what? Step back. And finally, there was a man standing there that said, okay, I just have to ask, what are you doing? And she said, every time I throw the stick, it lands on the path going to the left. And the road to the right looks much smoother. But she could only see the first square. You can't see all the way down to the end of the road from the top of the road, can you? And God... Does that to us sometimes. He'll say, I want you to go this way. You know he's saying, I want you to go this way. And you keep saying, I'm going to go. And you take a few steps forward and you're like, "Eh, maybe not. Because that path looks rough and this path looks really smooth. But the truth is you don't know what's at the end of that path. You don't know whose life you're going to touch. You don't know what new purpose God's going to birth in you to bring life anew to you. Something new. Something brand new. Don't let the, the power of indecision or the power of your own will or God, I'll do what you want me to do as long as you say something I want to hear. Give him an unqualified yes. Not here's why I can't do that. Here's why I can't get my healing. Here's why I'm not able to help those people because I'm not even healed myself. You know what? He is not interested in any of that. He loves you, but he's not interested in any of it. Because if he takes you down a path and says, this is the way I want you to go, you better believe that is the way you need to go. And it is where you are going to find what looks like restriction is going to be freedom. We don't know how to set ourselves free. That's why we have a Savior. We think we know. We don't know nothing without him. Right? How many times have you realized how little you know? God, I just, I didn't have any idea that this was going to turn out this way. And I'm so glad I listened to you. And thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many times has that happened in your life? If that's happened to you before, raise your hand. So if you're not sure, if you're sitting in here and you're not sure that the way God wants you to take you is the right way to go and it's the right purpose for your life, look around at the hands. We've experienced it firsthand. Give him an unqualified yes. Your purpose is always going to be found when you're standing in the center of his will and staying connected to him in that relationship relationship is about spending time with somebody in their word. I'm not trying to get on anybody about, listen, I'm like Brianna said, I'm as guilty as the next person that I don't spend the amount of time in my word that I should. But here's what I know. Every time I do, his word just, it's alive. It gives me direction And even if it tells me to go away, I'm not sure I want to go, I have a peace about it. When you step towards what he wants you to do, you're going to fulfill your purpose. And you're going to do it because he wants you to do it. You're going to do it for your own benefit, and you're going to do it for the benefit of others, which is where you're going to find the contentment and the peace that you're seeking. And every time you start feeling discontent, scoot back over into the center of his will. Start back there. That's square one. And then just take a step. Look around you. It gets lit up. Look around you. Is this where I'm supposed to be? Not, is this where I'm afraid to be? Not, am I sure about this? God, is this where I'm supposed to be? And He'll send you all kinds of messages. Won't He? Does the God ever confirm things for you? He does it for me all the time. When I don't even ask Him for it, He'll confirm it. I'm like, wow, thank you, Jesus. It's not going to be hard purpose is a big thing. It's a big responsibility. It's something that God wants from all of us to find and fulfill our purpose. He wants to be able to say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. But being good and faithful is a byproduct of spending time with the one who is good and who is always faithful. Praise God. Amen.